Drone Talks is an online platform to spread ideas and to educate in the drone ecosystem. At Drone Talks, we discuss technology, regulatory, business, and ecosystem topics openly with industry leaders to enable and foster innovation for a better future. Welcome, everyone. I'm Esther Kovai, CEO and founder of Drone Talks. And today I am talking with Rolf Shep, CEO at Dronic. Hi, Rolf. Hi, Esther. Nice to see you, Rolf. So my first question is that I know you used to work for a Deutsche Telekom in Germany. And, you know, I'm just wondering here, what made you leave a multinational company and um, join to a startup in the drone field? I could reply that question to you, Esther. I mean, you also worked in the mobile industry, right? So I had a quite cool job at Deutsche Telekom. I was uh, doing a lot with uh, technology strategy. Um, we acquired Spectrum across Europe. However, at a certain point in time, I was questioning myself because I read a number which basically said that we're going to have millions of drones in the air in Europe. And at that time, I was dealing with Spectrum in Montenegro. And Montenegro has around about 500,000 residents, which basically means for such a number of people, it's already fair to found your own telco, right? And uh, an own telco has a lot of effort, a lot of people in it. So I thought a new kind of business, which complies on a million of devices, must be at least worth to found an own company. So we had a quite fancy R&D project where we proved that this all worked. And uh, afterwards, there was basically no discussion left in order to join the drone market. Fantastic story. So, you know, an information, a piece of information, a forecast can make people move, right? It's, it's a really, really great story again. So my second question is that, you know, usually I need to explain people what drone companies do and if i would uh, like to explain to my mom for example what dronic does wh what can i say or what would i say to her i do that on a regular basis also with my dad to be honest i i, I explain him every week what i do <laughs> the simplest way to explain is we are trying to set up an air traffic control system uh, for drones I, I think that describes it the best in a nutshell Especially, uh, we, we, we strongly believe that drones become most efficient once you fly them beyond visual line of sight. So not having this one pilot, one drone ratio on the ground and be not limited to visual line of sight inspections. That makes this kind of aerial robotic systems like drones are um, most effective. When Once you fly beyond visual line of sight, you need to comply with some rules. Um, so basically you need to be seen. This is also something which has in the meanwhile found its way into the regulation in Europe and also in the rest of the world. And we are, let's say, the strongest promoter of a real-time integration into airspace. So we, don't, we, we do not only segregate airspaces for drones, but we want to show them um, flying live into the airspace with, the, with all the general aviation and traffic around. I think that's what's, what differs us most from our competition. Great. So I was just wondering, you know, if I would like to summarize where is Dronic as a UTM service provider, not the vision, not the future, 
not the information why you kickstarted a few years ago, the startup, where are we now? I would say it's a, it's a basic product in the meanwhile. Um, we, we are selling that to the market. It has some open points with respect to uh, approval processes, which is not so much on our side, but on the side of the approval authorities. Why it's lagging? Nevertheless, the centerfold of that UTM for the time being, the situational awareness which you get uh, when you fly beyond this line of sight. It basically gives you all the air traffic around. You know that we have produced uh, some fancy tiny LTE transponders which we plug onto the drones. They not only give the position of the drones, but they also collect the air traffic around, which is quite uh, powerful. And they also warn pilots from helicopters, for instance, using FLAM, so that everyone is aware that a drone is flying and uh, simply to, to enlarge safety and uh, don't risk anything. I see. We were in a situation of uh, consolidation, so bringing it more to those companies who you can really rely on um, and heading away to regular drone operations. This is something typically a market drives to and not something which is pushed by regulatory efforts or um, technical developments or projects. However, in the meanwhile, then COVID came, I think there was a short time of silence in, in all kinds of uh, this industry and not only in, in, in the drone industry. And in the meanwhile, there's a lot of public money back. Yeah? So a typical reflex or tendency in these companies is then to say, oh, just just lay back. Uh, we can have another 20 projects to show that a drone can fly from A to B. And this, I feel personally, is somehow frustrating because uh, everyone knows that a drone can fly from A to B. I think we we should have more courage as an industry to drive that uh, forward to a next level. And with next level, I mean setting up really regular operations on a regular basis with heart-shaped drones, which are able to comply with different kind of weather conditions and which are properly managed by a UTM system. Yeah, This is what we're driving for. And this is a way to go. It's the same like with our hook-on devices as well. We are three years on a, not on the market, but as a project um, involved in these drone developments. And this is already the fourth iteration of a product we have in place now. And in the meanwhile, we have the feeling that it's pretty stable and we can use it on the market. So still some efforts to do also for the rest of the market. I'm very fascinating looking forward that flight computers are produced who are already native LTE integrated. I think that will be the next big step which we can expect in the market. I think this is this is really great. And you know, talking about COVID here, so I'm just wondering, in your opinion, how COVID impacted, impacted or not, on the drone market? It's on the one side, it's a, it's a fallback into that kind of public funded projects. I think this is not helpful at all for the drone industry anymore. More than one company relying completely on these projects, and I think that will not help at the end because they they showcase basically nothing new. What is definitely a positive upside of COVID is that people think totally different about digitalization at the moment and the way to do things completely differently. I'm a strong believer that drones will pave their way even stronger after the crisis, or maybe if it takes still a little bit longer, to, to become as, as broader solutions. May it be for inspections, for, for delivery services, uh, for COVID probes or whatsoever. There are a lot of 
cool use cases which also come up and are perfectly made for crises like these, right? Indeed, Ralph, indeed, I cannot agree more. And in my opinion, COVID helped in a way. Because before COVID time, we always talked about digitalization, but we never really did. But during COVID, companies were forced to implement digital solutions. And, and I think it's a good, you know, progression. But to implement drones to, to businesses and to, to a city life, we need social acceptance. And you mentioned that you think we have enough proof out there. I don't think so, because when I talk with communities, cities, schools, they still somehow think about drones like cute toys. And um, before we start to scale, uh, can you please share your thoughts? Where are we regarding the social acceptance? What do we need to do as an industry to move forward? I think there are two paths you can go with that. The, the one is um, that you bring these kind of cases into life. And the other thing is that you demystify these kind of um, exercises. Starting with demystifying. If you fly a, a drone which with a, a regular size, not a really huge one, but a normal drone, an industrial drone, if you if you fly with that drone to 90 meters above you, then you will hardly see it. Yeah, you will not even hear it anymore. I think the the question for making it acceptable by the society is always. And I, I'm a German guy. Yeah, you know, in Germany we we tend to see technology or new technologies as evil. Everything which is new is somehow evil. However, we can we can take people these fears, I guess, and. Um, this you can only do by by acting, by flying, by showing people that it works better. We even had uh, situations with our customers where the people in the surrounding were used to hear helicopters regularly flying over that area. Yeah, and now they say, "Oh, you're doing that with drones. That's that's much much lower lo noise level, somehow kinder. Um, they like it, and I think that's the way we should go forward." And another key application for that is definitely also the search and rescue area and police forces. I guess uh, these will be areas where it is a must to play a role in the drone market because they are, let's say, eye-openers, especially if they save lives somewhere. This podcast was brought to you by Drone Talks Online, a platform designed to spread ideas and educate in the drone ecosystem. Search for dronetalks.online to hear from more of our industry leaders and to find out how you can get involved.